Well met, traveler. Come on in, take a seat. The name's Sarah, and you're listening to Critical Catastrophe. Every week, I'll be exploring all things Dungeons and Dragons, from opinions and advice to sharing the stories of fellow tabletop gamers. Come to episode one. I'm going to be talking about a combination of things relating to character creation and uh, the concept of player agency versus character agency. Really what this episode amounts to is how to create a fantastic character that will work in just about any game and hopefully at any table. But I'm not talking about stats or race and class combinations or even features that you might take throughout level 1 through 20. No, going deeper to the finer points of character creation, unrelated to the guts of the system and more related to the personality of who you are creating. I really want to emphasize is that you are creating a character and you are pressing upon them everything that they are. There are four main points of really how to create a great character that, like I said, you can plug and play at any table. And then I also want to touch on toward the end of this episode, the old and tired phrase, but that's what my character would do. If you're not familiar with that phrase, you will be by the end of this episode. I wrote about these four main points on a blog post. So this episode is going to be more of a blogcast where I just kind of discuss my thoughts about the topic, player creation and player agency. Those four main points that I brought up, the short version is that you want a character that's a team player and that the character needs to seek adventure. That's point one and two. The third point is that the character should be motivated and that motivation is what's going to help them seek adventure. And finally, perhaps most important, is that the character's defining trait shouldn't provoke PvP. That's not to say that your character can't participate in the occasional player versus player moment, can't have a kerfluffle with someone else at the table, uh, particularly a, a character at the table. That's all well and good. But it, the point I'm trying to make is the character's defining trait, what makes them interesting and unique, should not be what provokes PvP. So let's delve right in. Let's go right to point number one. The character is a team player. What I mean by this is pretty much what it sounds like. The character should be able to participate in a team, in a party, and they should work well with that party, even if they don't actually like anyone else in their group, as a character, of course. Hopefully as a player, you like the people you're playing with. But as a character, regardless of the personality, regardless of their past, no matter how troubled they are, even if they're a loner, they should be able to, at the end of the day, work together with a team and move toward team goals in a way that is meaningful and helpful. They participate. And it's up to you as the player to decide that they are going to be a team player. <laughs> that they are going to be a, a character that is a team player. Because it is you, whoever you are, that is in control of your character and you decide that for them. They don't have a say in the matter you create them that way. So if you create them as a team player, it enables really smooth gameplay. It means that they're not going to be butting heads with everyone at every opportunity uh, with the other characters in their party. It means that they are going to work with each other, work with the other characters toward those goals, protect each other, and care about each other's interests. Which that that last part, you know, might take some growing as a character to get out of that loner, I don't care about anyone phase, and into more of a, I do care about my friends in my party, because I've spent a year traveling with them, fighting all sorts of evils, and it would suck if something happened to them. And I do want 
the elf to be happy, you know, whatever the case may be. Just know that the character doesn't have to be sunshine and rainbows. They just have to be an asset to the team dynamic and care enough about making that team function. It's about reducing that tension within the party dynamic and making it easier to tell this shared story. Because D&D, or any tabletop role-playing game, isn't about the dungeon master or any single character. It's about a party of adventurers that are going on adventures together, and they're fighting as a team, and they're overcoming great adversity while having each other's backs. That's the gist of point number one. I think it's pretty straightforward. Point number two is that the character seeks adventure. They seek adventure. It is key that the character actively pursues adventure. When you are creating a character, conceive someone that wants to participate in the world, right? So they should be interested in uh, taking quests and fighting the evildoers of the world, of kind of following the breadcrumbs that the DM's trying to lay out. And they want to go find the magical artifacts. They want to go learn all there is to learn. They want to save people. They want to have, you know, great amount of money that they get from adventuring. Whatever it is, they should be interested in adventuring and kind of following generally the module or the, the campaign that the DM has created. You know, they're not just content to sit at home drinking tea. Because if they're content to sit around and not go on adventure, then why are they in this campaign? Why are they here? They should be compelled to explore, to fight evil and to reap the rewards. Sitting at home drinking tea does not fit with that concept. If the DM has to actively convince a character to participate, or if other characters have to convince them to participate, then maybe reflect upon why that character is the way they are and re-roll them with a passion for adventure, that lust to wander and discover. Because that's what makes the table work. It's what makes the game work. Otherwise, it's going to get bogged down real quick just trying to get someone to do the thing, whatever the quest or hook is. But it's important to note that you, as the creator of the character, has to figure out what motivates that character and lean into it. Like, you are in charge of deciding that. Which brings us right to part three. The character is motivated. If a character is supposed to seek out adventure, then they need to be motivated to do that. And that can be just about anything. It can be even for, you know, somewhat evil causes. It almost doesn't matter what motivates your character. I mean, it does. It definitely matters what motivates your character. But it's just kind of the, the catalyst, the driving force. And so it can be a number of things. For example, maybe they're just out for revenge, and everything that they're doing is to make sure they get that revenge. Maybe they just need a lot of money, a lot of gold, because they want to buy something that is very expensive. A house, a pub, a ship. That's what I did to my character, Rinliriel. She used to be a pirate. She's landlocked now. She needs a ton of money to buy a ship. And so that's going to be her goal throughout pretty much the entire campaign, is getting that money. And here we are at, I think, level nine? Nine? Yes, level nine. You know, she's still slowly working toward that goal, but along the way, she has grown to want other things. She wants to be part of her team, and she wants to protect her team, and is interested in the world and the story. So now that driving goal was kind of on the back burner. She's invested in the campaign now. But it doesn't have to be revenge or money. It doesn't have to be anything physical. 
their motivation could just be that they really want to help people, that they have a a obligation to their patron or their god, their deity that they follow to help others or to thwart evil or to hunt some creature throughout the lands, whatever that thing may be. It could even be that they just want to seek knowledge and wisdom and they look for magical artifacts and ruins. The underlying point is that they just have something that motivates them that can be tied into, uh, you know, pretty generically into the setting, into the story, and can maybe even be built upon by the DM and make it even more prominent in the campaign if that is what the table so chooses. So at this point, with those three things, we're creating a character that wants to be part of the team dynamic for some reason or another. They actively seek adventure so we can keep the story going, and they're motivated so they actually have a reason to be on that adventure. Yet the final point is a little bit different. It's a little bit off topic from those three. And that is the character's defining trait should not provoke PvP, player versus player. In D&D and other co-op TRPGs, tabletop role-playing games, it can mean that player characters are fighting against each other in combat, like literally fisticuffs, punching each other, beating each other up, whatever. Or it can also mean really characters are doing anything that creates an unnecessary conflict within the party. And I want to be clear that this is different from narrative conflict and differing party opinions or differing ideas. That's fine. Those things can be handled tactfully and add depth to an adventuring party. But PvP, in its negative sense, generally actively undermines other player characters. And it can really lead to some bitterness that kind of grows and, and gets worse over time. Avoid that. You want to avoid making a character that has a defining trait, as I mentioned, that will incite PvP. Some of you may be wondering, well, what kind of trait is that? And others might have already identified a number of traits that they have seen or even created on their own character, perhaps without any bad intentions. And that's totally fine. I will give a pretty simple example that should be familiar to a lot of people. It's kind of the Rogue 101. And that is, you create a character, especially a rogue, that wants to steal valuable items. Or even just trinkets that aren't valuable. But they are compelled to steal, and it doesn't matter who from, they will steal from their party, they will steal from the party's resources, and they will try and hide loot after the party has collectively taken down enemies. And when they do this, they're doing it because it's what their character would do. Quote unquote, but that is what my character would do. They would steal stuff, because that is their character's kind of defining trait. And that's where the problem begins. And that's where we're going to jump right into the whole, the whole topic of, but that's what my character would do. A couple other examples. You might have a character that is paranoid of everyone, including the party. That could get old kind of quickly, if they're constantly trying to, um, you know, incite against their party. If they're constantly slowing things down because they don't believe even the most benign information from the party. It could be that they have to start a fight always. The negative trait could be that they are incredibly violent, to the point of fighting everything and killing everything, which can 
kind of hurt the party's progression as they're trying to either get information or handle things tactfully and don't want to have, you know, the town guard murdered for a slight against that one party member. It could be that they compulsively lie, like all the time. Like that's their defining trait, keyword defining. So they are frequently, as a player, coming up with ways that their character could lie to make things fun and interesting. Or I want to emphasize that because something seems unique and interesting on paper, doesn't mean it'll translate well to the table and to everyday play. If what makes your character unique and interesting is a trait that provokes PvP, then you might reconsider that and make it kind of a secondary or a tertiary trait, and also consider how you implement it with the party versus the rest of the world. Let's go back to the example of the rogue thief that wants to steal everything from anyone. They can still have that itch to steal, that need, that compulsion to steal things. That's fine. The way we can fix it, though, so that it doesn't create party turmoil, is to change the target of their, of their sticky paws, their kleptomania. The biggest difference is that that character is going to fight against that urge when it comes to their friends and allies. They will not steal from them because they care about them and they want to maintain the team dynamic and keep adventuring with them. But when they meet that snooty NPC noble that has bling all over, you know, they got the rings, they got the beautiful necklace, they've got a house full of treasure. Oh, that's fair game. The character still gets to be as the player intended. And now it no longer comes in direct conflict with the player. And now, maybe even more importantly, the character can kind of invent scenarios. They can ask the DM, are there any museums that have some rare artifacts that might be worth something? And then the DM can kind of spawn into existence a museum with shinies to steal. And that creates a whole new, like, <laughs> quote unquote, no pun intended, treasure trove uh, to follow, to go to, to go explore without hurting the party. So the takeaway from that is, sure, go ahead and create a character that has some negative traits, that's important, and have them be a little divisive, have them be um, maybe a little source of some conflict, but direct that conflict toward the NPCs in the world and not toward the party. And things will go so much more smoothly at the table and it should, you know, keep play fairly, fairly interesting and uh, peaceful, if that makes sense. That wraps up the four points of, you know, how to make a fantastic character that you can apply to any table and just about any cooperative role-playing game. But we haven't really gotten much into the juicy bit yet, and that is the famous quote that we all know and love, but that's what my character would do. Ooh, hmm. Of course, I don't want to, you know, belittle anyone who has used this phrase, but I do want to highlight that it is often used in poor taste. It's often used to defend those negative defining traits, and it implies that the character has any agency. Here's the thing, though. The character has no agency. That's my belief. As a player, you are creating that character from the ground up or basing that character on an existing property, and everything that they are, everything that they do, is under your control. All of the agency is on the player. In fact, I would argue that the character is at the mercy of the player. 
right? The character has no say in the matter. So when the character steals from their friends, it's because the player thought, that's what I want my character to do. That's what I want my character to be like. Therefore, that is what they are like. Ultimately, when a player says, but that's what my character would do, they mean, that's how I made my character to be. And that can change. They can either A, grow out of that habit that is negative, that is causing tension at the table, or they can just kind of wipe that habit out of existence or not give their character that habit to begin with. But like all of these points, it's important to know the why. Why can't they be that way? Why can't my character have that negative trait where they steal from everyone, including the party? Why can't they compulsively lie to the party members? And I, I want to emphasize the word tension. And when a character has these negative attributes that are at the forefront, remember, everyone has flaws. It's good to create characters with flaws and some, you know, conflict. But when those flaws and those negative behaviors and traits are at the forefront, some tables are susceptible to a building tension. We're going to go back to the rogue thief example because it's oh so popular. You have a, a rogue thief who is stealing with a great sleight of hand check pretty much all of the nice shiny items. They have the magical bow, they have the magical sword, the magical daggers. They somehow managed to get the armor off the guard or the, the enemy that they just killed, and now they have that too, and no one in character is the wiser. And this whole scenario is kind of like a, uh, a rookie scenario, because when you have a more experienced DM, they might be able to mitigate that anyway. But now you have players who are aware of this happening. They know that rogue character and or that player has been taking all of the valuable items and hiding them, but their characters may not even be aware of that and are powerless to do anything about it because they don't know what just happened. They never even knew about this magical bow. They've been lied to and deceived by their own, uh, their own friend, their own party member, their teammate. And so the players may feel bound by metagaming, <laughs> bound by metagaming, and they feel like they can't do anything in character about it because maybe their character shouldn't know what happened. And that's just not fun for anyone to have that little dance of, well, does my character know that even though I know that things are disappearing? Magic items are disappearing into this rogue's inventory. Items that they may not even need, but they just have to steal things. And you can apply this logic, this building tension, to just about any major negative trait. If you have a character, and I'm not making this up, this happened, not in my game, but somewhere on the internet's games, but some, some game on the internet, this happened. If you have a character who, <laughs> who just decides they're fed up with someone, and they go into this other character's tent at night, and they decide to tell the DM, I start eating them whole. Let me, let me backtrack a bit. Let me rephrase that. Let me make that more clear. Character A has beef with character B. So character A, in the middle of the night, while character B is asleep, goes into their tent or their quarters and starts to eat character B whole. Character A is eating character B whole. If I, hmm, this is the kind of PvP that I feel like a, a kind of loose and chaotic table might enjoy. They might be like having a, a blast with, and it ends up being a laughable moment. Like you can't eat me whole. What? That's silly. And then it's over. I'm I'm not even know why I have to say this out. Did I just okay? Anyway, moving on. So, but in in the context of this story, 
the person who was on the receiving end of being eaten whole was not happy with it. And I think their character might have died because of it. And like, those are things that if your table is even kind of semi-serious, you don't really want that behavior. You don't want to fall back on, but that's what my character would do because, because that doesn't like work well with the party dynamic, doesn't work well with maintaining the story, doesn't work well with being a, a team player and avoiding, um, you know, unnecessary, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Non-consensual PVP. Likewise, I've seen a, a story where, I can't remember the exact classes, but I think it was a druid just kind of went a little berserk and tried to rip off another party member's arm. I was like, whoa, whoa, that escalated pretty quickly. To which they might say, I think they might have actually said this, but that's what my character would do. Or in another example, um, you know, the player designed a character to have 10 different personalities, 10 different personas that they kind of swap between. And in actual play, that can be a bit cumbersome and maybe cause some conflict and tensions just among the players even, just trying to keep up with it. But that is what their character would do because I really want to highlight this because that is how the player designed them. All of these scenarios and examples kind of upset someone, kind of created some conflict at the table, and they all stemmed from the way a player decided to create their character and force these attributes upon their character. And that can be avoided by just taking a step back and deciding how to build a character that is functional in a team and you know, functional to play at a table with other people who are participating in the shared story and making sure that what their character does is fun for everyone, right? Because we're all here to enjoy a shared game. It's a cooperative story. And it's important that you know we respect each other still have an interesting, unique character, um, you know, a little, like I said, a little conflict, a little PvP's fine, a little bit of a, a personality flaw that they have to work on and maybe overcome. Those are all good things. That adds depth. But if you find yourself using, whoever you are, if you find yourself using the phrase or hearing the phrase, but that's what my character would do, and it doesn't quite sit right with you, just think about why. Think about what can change. If it's someone else who's doing it and you're having a hard time about it, just talk to them, bring it up. You can send them a blog article from Critical Catastrophe or send them this podcast if you want to have a conversation opener, whatever way you're comfortable communicating with them. And just remember that the next time you make a character, consider these four things that can help make a fantastic character, a team player who wants to go on adventures, who's motivated and who doesn't provoke PvP. And that should help avoid scenarios where you might feel like you need to fall back on the, the phrase, but that's what my character would do. Which I just want to say, like, make this clear that sometimes that phrase can make sense. Sometimes that phrase is a good way to kind of separate you from the, uh, you know, the flaws that your character has. Or even the, or even the positive traits that your character has. You know, if you, if you have a character that is struggling with alcoholism, but you're not, you might say, well, that's what my character would do. They might get drunk the night before a... Um, a big battle and maybe have some kind of penalty for it because they're hung over the next day, which is, you know, kind of an oversimplification of alcoholism, by the way. I would not make lightly of that in reality, uh, but in a role-playing game, you know, that might be how it works. And that's like, you know, that's something that adds a little depth. And while that player may never actually do that, you know, it's what their character would do. And it makes sense. 
The problem is when the phrase, but that's what my character would do, gets used to abstract the player's morals and ideals and, you know, good-naturedness from their character. It's when there's such a, a like, huge difference in attitude and willingness to participate that it becomes a problem when you remove those ideals from your character and are really fighting hard against yourself just to play a negative character. So anyway, that's it. Uh, those four things and the uh, famous phrase, but that's what my character would do. I think I've said that like 10 times now. I consider this episode to be kind of a, a blog cast. Maybe I'll go with that. I'll have some episodes that are me just kind of talking about stuff that I've thought about and written about, wrote, wrote about, wrote in about, and uh, just kind of put it into audio format and open it up to discussion among you listeners. If you have any thoughts and opinions on this, it is okay to disagree. It is okay to create whatever character you want at your table and play the way your table plays. I would love to hear all about it. So feel free to hit me up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CritCatastrophe. You can always find me on my blog, www.criticalcatastrophe.com. And you can leave a voicemail on Anchor. All those links will be in the episode description. And of course, unrelated to the topic at hand, if you have a tabletop experience, idea, or opinion that you would like to share, just reach out. I'd love to hear from you and feature your story in an upcoming episode. I also like to have chats with fellow players and DMs. You don't have to be big in the creative space. You can just want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing games. I think I'll be calling that party chat. Just a casual conversation among people who want to chat about Dungeons and Dragons and be heard about it. Of course, if you're big into the creative space of tabletop role-playing games and you want to have a sort of informal interview and get your product or your podcast or your blog or um, you know whatever module you've created, if you want to get that out there on this little slice of the internet, I would love to hear from you. Let's do it. Let's have a, a chat and see what we can do. And that is all. Thanks everyone for listening, for stopping by, for sharing this time with me. And of course, remember, the dice don't run the table.